Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. And you guys, I've missed you. It's been like three weeks, two and a half weeks, where I just uh, went on a little bit of a break, but we're back. Haven't seen you since Payne Lindsay. You guys, are you listening to season two of Up and Vanished? It's so scary. Payne, you promised us it was scary, and so it is. So, But I hope you guys have had a good couple of weeks. I'm really, really excited to be back. We have an exciting fall ahead for you in the podcast world. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So make sure you invite your friends along to join us and make sure you're tuning in every Thursday and most Mondays, hopefully. Um, We have the people. It's just if I can get it all done, if I can get all the conversations done, we have some great shows ahead for you. I want you guys to be the first to hear about something kind of fun. My new book called Remember God releases on October 2nd, and it is all about A question that you and I actually, for those of you long-term podcast listeners, have talked about a lot about whether God is really kind. That's what I wrote Remember God about. And the pre-sales have started. And so if you go to my website, AnnieFDowns.com, you can get all the information on pre-ordering the book. And the reason, let me tell you a couple of reasons that really matters. Number one, if you pre-order, it lets the publisher and the book distributors like an Amazon know how many copies they need to buy so they don't run out. So it really helps if all my friends will go ahead and pre-order. Remember God, if you want it for yourself, if you think you might give it as a Christmas gift, go ahead and pre-order it now. And that way they make enough copies of the book. That's a huge deal. And here's the thing for any of my friends who pre-order the book and then go to AnnieFDowns.com, there's a place where you can put in your pre-order information. You'll do your name, your um, mailing address, your email address, and then your receipt number from pre-ordering. And the first 5,000 of you who go and do that will get the audiobook of Remember God now. Like you don't have to wait till the 1st of October. So you'll order the book. The paper book will be coming to you the first week of October, maybe sooner because some stores are getting it sooner. But the first 5,000 of you who pre-order will get the audiobook the next business day. We have to like get your email, get your receipt, and then turn around and send it to you. But you can start listening like now. Like you can start the book now and then it's an audiobook and it's me reading it. So literally it's the way you like me anyway, <laughs> audio version. So, but again, that's only for the first 5,000. And so I want you to hurry and do that. So that is my encouragement to you. Hurry and go ahead and grab your pre-order of Remember God and then go to AnnieFDowns.com and submit your pre-order information so that you can be one of the first 5,000 so you get the audio book for free. I'm so thankful to my publisher, B&H, and to Christian Audio for making that possible. That is super rad. Tonight, it's Thursday, September 6th. And tonight, my Atlanta Falcons kick off the NFL season, and I am pumped about it. And today's guest knows a lot about football and about the NFL. Samantha Ponder, for a lot of you, you know Sam as a contributor to College Football Live and to College Game Day, which is how I actually first met her, put that in quotes. is that I, She was a sideline reporter at College Game Day. I thought she was awesome. And now she is the host of Sunday NFL Countdown on Sunday mornings, and she's just the best. I mean, I just think the world of her. And we've been friends through Ellie Holcomb and via the internet, and this is our chance to connect and talk to each other and talk with you, and I think you're going to love it. So to kick off the NFL football season, 
Here is my conversation with Sam Ponder. We've hit record, by the way, just so you know. Cool. So yeah, no worries. Say anything. I'll, I'll I mean, you know how this goes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is what I want you to start with the f bombs. We have a new. You're, you're the first show of our new season. We're just gonna let her rip this season. No yes. rules. I Everybody like be, misbehave as hard as they can. Every episode. that sounds fun with Annie Downs. <laughs> the explicit. Yeah, version. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. This is gonna get that little letter E beside it. It's gonna be great. Where are you right now? Do you say you're in New York? Yes. So we just got back yesterday. Uh, my daughter starts school tomorrow and she goes to school up here. So we, we hustled back and it's weird, you know, on the, I don't know if it's like this in Nashville, but kids go to school like after Labor Day, which for me, we started school at the beginning of August. So Seriously? it's kind of nice. To, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I, the only reason I know that kids went back to school in New York today or this week is because Jimmy Fallon talked about it on his Instagram story. Okay. <laughs> he talked about his daughters going back to school. No, anything in life if it weren't for Insta stories. Right? It's really, it's how I get my news. It's how I keep up with people. That's that's, that's bad, such an but. interesting question. Let's talk about this for just a second because I we had a birthday party here this weekend for a girlfriend and there was a girl that I don't see very much anymore. And we were talking about, is it better to watch someone's Insta story every day or to not have Instagram and call them and talk on the phone once a week or once every other week? I mean, I feel like it depends on what you're looking for out of the relationship. You know, like I have a lot of friends because I've moved so much yeah. that I have a lot of friends that I would consider good friends, but they're not friends where like if I have an argument with my husband, I'm going to call them, you know? Right. So right. like those are the friends that I love watching their Insta stories every day because it takes two seconds of your time yeah. and you get to see how their kids are doing and yeah. you know where they are in the world. But yeah, I think like the close, close friends is probably better to call. Yeah. I wonder if it, I sometimes wonder if Instagram has made me a lazier friend. Totally. Versus, yeah. Because my college, my very best friend in college isn't on social media at all. Oh, and so wow. they, like, tell me I more know. about this unicorn. It's insane. I know. I'm always like, how are people supposed to know that you have children? <laughs> like no but one really knows. Not. <laughs> and so I have to say to her, like they'll I, probably once a month I'll text her and go, will you just send me pictures you've taken so that I can see <laughs> <Yes>. them? <laughs> but I have a friend that does that. She actually sends me like these emails that have, it's like some service that does it, but that really? like sends me all the, because she doesn't put a bunch of pictures on social media. I'm like, what a novel idea. Like you actually send them to me. It's so right, strange. Right. It's direct to me. It's not just to the internet where I take it in. Uh, okay. So y'all split time between Arizona and New York. Is that how you do it? Yeah. So Phoenix is kind of like home, home. That's where I grew up. So our, our more, I guess I would call it a permanent house is there. And we live there pretty much January through May. Um, but I have to be near Connecticut where ESPN's headquarters are throughout all of football season. So that starts like this week through Super Bowl. So right. we didn't want to live in Connecticut. So we moved to New York and my husband's doing some financial stuff here. So we kind of made New York our like summer fall home base for now, which has been pretty fun. Okay. So for the handful of my friends who are listening, who don't like automatically hear your name and think of college game day. Like literally, I like it. Like the intro music needs to be the college game day music because that is what comes up. But now you're NFL, right? 
Yes. So I just moved. Last year was my first year um, taking over for Chris Berman on Sunday NFL Countdown. So I... Which is like a huge deal, right? Can I say that even if you won't? Because that's such a huge deal. No, you can say that. And honestly, I can say that because sometimes I still like kind of can't believe that it's real. (laughs) Like when my agent called me to be like, hey, what do you think about uh, taking uh, the Chris Berman job? I was like, funny joke. What'd you have for lunch? <laughs> like, you know, like, I was a sideline reporter, you know, right. I, I was like the chick that gets to talk for 30 seconds and everyone's like, cool. Uh, anyway, you know, <laughs> like, so this was a huge jump for me. And it's been, I mean, it's still kind of overwhelming because obviously those are huge shoes to fill, but my, I mean, I still absolutely love college football. I know you're a, you're a Georgia Bulldog. Oh, aren't you? I am a Georgia Bulldog. So you, you so this is, with- these are good times for you. Oh, I mean, a couple great. of years ago, this would have been a, a melancholy conversation. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so we have turned a beautiful that. corner. That's exactly right. Uh, and that is the truth. And where you went to Liberty. Is that right? Did I do where, my where didn't I go? Okay, I, I basically kind of jumped around wherever I got a job. So I started in New York City at a tiny school in the Empire State Building called the King's College. Oh, yeah, for sure. Christian school. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that and then was just working my butt off trying to, you know, survive in New York because I milks like $12. But, um, but yeah, and then I went to Arizona State for a little bit and then I finished up at Liberty my last two years. So, okay. Okay. And then your husband, tell us how you met your husband. Um, I always get a little, like, I hesitate to say this, but then I'm like, oh no, okay. This is a judgment-free zone, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, This is a new season. (laughs) Not only are we going to cuss at leisure, we also are not going to judge anything, anybody for anything. So go. Perfect. Okay. So he hit me up on Twitter. At Um, a girl? That's great. (laughs) That's pretty much the whole, and I try and make fun of him about it. But then every time I start doing that, I'm like, uh, it worked. Yeah, so I guess right. I can't really mock it. What, you know? did, what did he do? Was he was he a player? Did he play? Oh, so he was, yeah. So oh, he was, he was a, player. a player. Let yeah. me tell you, girl. I did not know skills. him in college. <laughs> okay. Um, no, so he played in college at Florida State, and then he uh, was in the NFL for six years. Just stopped last year, but. Who's with the Vikings and then uh, the Raiders, the 49ers, and the Broncos for a little bit. Okay, so. so when he tweets you, you're like, okay, this guy plays in the NFL. I was sideline reporting when he was in college. No. So everybody thinks like, oh, were you covering him? So he's younger. <laughs> he's two years younger I than me, which, you know, that's. That's how you can train them, right? That's right. You train them up in the really way. Isn't that what the Bible's talking about? Train, <laughs> train them, them up, up in the Lord. way they should go. That's right. <laughs> um, so I I actually didn't cover him in college at all. He was already with the Vikings when he like sent me this message. And the truth is, it sounds like it's not real. But when he messaged me, I had just gotten the college game day job. And so he publicly messaged me and I was pissed because, really? uh, wait, can I say pissed? Is yeah, that yeah, a part yeah. of the explicit? Deal? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's great. Cool. No worries on that uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, so, because I was like, dude, I don't, I didn't know him at all. I remembered his name from being at Florida state, but I hadn't like followed his career. And I'm like, this is a bad look for me. I can't be mm. the new girl on college game day, like trying yeah. to be taken seriously and having, you know, some athlete tweet me. So I actually, he does not believe this, but I promise it's true. I followed him back 
just so he would privately message me. Right. Just <laughs> so he could stop being public. Yes. Yes. I was like, please don't do this. But right. anyway, we were literally married. Uh, so we met September 1st of 2012 and we were married December 17th <gasps> of 2012. You are lying, Sam. Yeah, I know. Months later. Like, yeah, like four Girl, months. From your it, mouth yeah. to God e- God's ears. I like that story. <laughs> how did you know? How did, like, how did you know? Oh, girl. Um, so life was crazy at that time. Like I had gone from, I was working at Longhorn Network, like loved my job, loved living in Austin, Texas, like everything's good to all of a sudden, you know, maybe somebody recognizes you at the grocery store in Austin. Like that was yeah. the the height of everything. Then I get thrown into college game day, which again, kind of like this latest job was like, wait, what? You yeah. know? Like Aaron Andrews had just moved to Fox. And so there was an opening and they called me up. And so I all of a sudden went to traveling four days a week on uh, four flights a week, all over the country, doing all these games and my life was just a whirlwind. I meet Christian literally the night before my first college game day in Dallas. Oh my gosh. And honestly, all I can tell you is I, I'd had a lot, a lot. I'd had a significant number of bad relationships before yeah. then. So I was real quick to like, I don't know if you're like this, Annie, but I was one of those people that I could sit down and in like two minutes, I'd be like, nope. Yep, for <laughs> like, sure, for sure. Like it was just one of those things where I had I had met enough people that I just had a really good grasp on what I didn't want. Yeah. And so when I met him, even just that first night, I, I mean, the fact that I got through an entire evening without thinking that, I was like, we might have something here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shoot, I don't recommend doing it this way to anyone. But one thing that really helped us because it was long distance, I mean, he was playing in Minnesota. Yeah. He had one off day a week. So he'd fly down from Minnesota to Austin, like not tell his coaches. I and mean, it was totally oh terrible and not recommended for the his quarterback. Poor body. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But so he'd come down to Austin and that was all the time we spent together it was just during the day on Mondays, but it forced us to have all these conversations over the phone. And I yeah. felt like I got to know him better just solely over the phone. Cause you get down to business like that. Yeah, like it was right. like, all right, so how do you feel about this political issue? How do you feel right. about raising children? I mean, it, it forced us to have those conversations. So yeah. And you have to jump in real hard. Yes. I probably would have uh, taken my time a little bit more, obviously hoping for the same result, but right. I don't, I don't know. Everything felt crazy in my life at that time. It was like, shoot, Let's just get married. All I right. mean, it just had to feel like the Lord was just handing you all the things at the same time. Yeah, which which now looking back, I think that's why I was so overwhelmed because I don't know how your mind works. But for me, like growing up in the church, growing up, I, I felt like my parents do inner city ministry and have been missionaries for a long time. And I just, I always sense like, wait, things are too good right now. (laughs) Like something bad's got to happen. Like, why am I not starving on the mission field right now? Like this is, there's just something off. So I was always kind of anticipating this like big struggle. So it was kind of a weird time in my life because the struggles came later. But really at that time, I mean, there was just so much goodness all at once. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have appreciated it more than I did. But it was just like, all right, here we go. New yeah. job, new yeah. house, moving to a new place, getting married. And then, you know, 
I guess a year later having my first kid. So it, it all happened real fast. I think one of the things that the Lord and I are talking about a lot right now is the difference between a season when you're sowing and a season when you're reaping. Yes. And what it means to actually like, if you are paying attention and you're sowing seeds, what should the rest of your life look like? And if you're paying attention and you're harvesting, what should your life look like? Yeah. So if you could do it again, knowing that it was such like, if the Lord would have told you in July, I'm about to walk you through a season of harvest where I'm going to hand you these things that you have sown in, in prayer and you've hoped for, and we'll take you where you want to go. What would you do different? Gosh, I would, I mean, I would do a lot different, but let me first say that I didn't even pray for these things. Like I was not the girl who grew up like thinking about getting married or having kids or the white picket fence and all that stuff. And even on the job front, like I was very career oriented, but I never would have dreamed in a million years that I would get to do some of the stuff I've gotten to do. Like I wanted to cover the Phoenix Suns for my local station in Phoenix. And that would have been huge to me. Like I, I, I just didn't have the foresight or maybe the imagination to see beyond all that. So I think in a way that was kind of good because then when it came I, everything just felt like, all right, well, okay. You know, there just wasn't, I didn't have all my eggs in that basket, if that makes sense. Um, and so in some ways I think it was, it was good because there wasn't all that expectation there, but at the same time, I just, I mean, Annie, I was, I was clueless. I didn't know how to be married. I didn't know how to be in the spotlight. I didn't know like, and that'll that'll get you on your knees real quick when you're trying to figure out how do I manage, you know, the things that I say publicly, especially in this like day and age where everything's so controversial. Like, how do I carry myself? How do I spend my money? I never thought I'd have any money. Yeah. I mean, just all those questions that I, I wish I would have been able to slow down a little bit more. One, ask for help, because that's something I haven't been very good at is just seeking out wise counsel. I think that's a huge, that's such a good word for me and for people. Cause so often when we're in the part of the process where we're trying to get the things we want, we ask for help. But when we are being given more than we could ask for, we don't ask for help. Yeah. And we just kind of take it and go, Oh my gosh, look at all this. And you don't think I should, I should ask someone what to do with this. Yeah, I actually, so I finally did that. I don't know. Are you familiar with Russell Moore? Yeah, yeah, I love him. Okay, so I met him. Christian and I were at this conference in Hawaii, really, you know, roughing it for the Lord. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, But we, and Russell was there. And so I asked if I could meet with him. And honestly, the main thing I wanted to know is just like kind of in this day and age when you have any amount of um, public influence, like how do you determine when you speak up on certain issues and what you use your platform for? Because I don't know, and obviously with yours, you know, you've been able to use yours so distinctively so and so well. But for me, because I work in sports, it was always like, okay, but my platform is because of sports and because I work for this entity. Like it's not because of me and anything I believe. So how do I choose when I speak up? And it's been a struggle I've had my whole life because everybody always tells you, oh, if you get this notoriety or you get successful, then you have such a great platform. Well, what happens is once you get there, you also have a lot to lose. That's right. And 
I hadn't thought about all that, you know, was yeah. it like, it sounded great when you're a kid, like, oh, I'd love to have a platform to speak out on all these issues. And then you get there and it's like, what's speaking out going to cost you? And, uh, so I, I got to talk to Russell and he gave me some, some great advice on that. And I, I felt like finally there was someone because obviously he's, you know, older and wiser and has been there, done that on a lot of that kind of stuff that I realized like, it's okay to seek these people out and ask for help. Cause sometimes I'm like, man, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Like somebody, somebody needs to help me out here. Cause I'm 32. And sometimes I still feel like that 12 year old girl. That's like, wait, what? Uh, yeah. Wait, <laughs> what, I'm, a, I'm the grown up in this story. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly. a problem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sam, I feel that all the time in different areas. Like sometimes I'll feel that at church when I'm, when I look around and go, Oh, I'm the I'm the adult in this situation. Yeah. I'm the, yes. I'm the grown up y'all are looking to here, or I'll feel it at my job, or even in friendships. Oh sometimes gosh. I'm like, wait, I'm the old. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's a problem for all of you. No, okay. for sure. Christian <laughs> and I had that moment. We were taking our kids on a, a vacation. We were just driving over from Phoenix to San Diego, and we both, like, almost at the same time, had this moment while we were driving. You know, we look in the back, and there's kids just sitting there like, yeah, you're, you're the parent. You're taking us on a trip. And we're like, wait, we're the, we're the ones in charge. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cause everybody remembers, you know, being a kid and like sitting in the back of the car when you're on a road trip somewhere and like thinking your parents were so old and totally had it all together, right. you know, right. like, and now I'm, I'm like, well, shoot, I hope she thinks that, but she is wrong. Yes, she does not right about this. <laughs> I mean, for any of my friends who don't already follow you on Instagram, they just have to because your daughter is the funniest thing. (laughs) I mean, whose personality is that? Is that you when you were little? Is that Christian when he was little? Or is Scout just like her literal own thing? She's definitely her own thing. I was super outgoing. And my mom will tell me like some of the stuff she does reminds her of of me. Christian was really shy. So I know it doesn't come from that. I swear this girl just came out of the womb. Like I am here. Yeah, I am am here to entertain like the stuff that comes out of her mouth. I still, and it's honestly been, and obviously parenthood is, is difficult on a bunch of different levels, but it has been the greatest blessing to like have this child that feels like Man, God gave us, I tell her all the time, I'm like, Scout, you are such a gift. You're such a gift. She's like, yes, I have the gift of encouragement. She always, <laughs> she always I'm like, okay, sure. Yes, you do. But like the things that come out of this child, I mean, it just, it makes me not only understand, but feel when the Bible talks about coming as little children, because it, I mean, it's every day with this child. Like she senses when you're upset. She'll she'll come in when I look like horrific and be like, "Mom, you are just so beautiful." Oh. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, "Are you like my little life coach? Is right. that what's happening here?" But, I birthed yeah, my own girl, life coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there are days when she's like, "Mom, you do not look cool." Right. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh." Awesome. So I birthed a bully also. So this is fantastic. That's right. Okay. So it's her. And then tell me your son's name. I can't remember. Sorry. So my son's name is True. And then we have a one month old named Price, little girl. So it is a crazy house around here right now. Okay. Tell us what you will about Price. Because I think that's been such a 
heart moving story to watch. Yeah, it is. Um, you know how like, I don't know if you've had seasons like this where things are going along and yeah, it's not perfect, but like for the most part, things are all right. Nothing ever like rocks you. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like in minutes, everything's out of your control. Like literally went from, oh, we have two healthy kids. I had another healthy pregnancy. Everything's okay. And then you're in an ambulance on the way to the ER and surgeons telling you, you might lose your little girl. And she's three days old. Yeah. I mean, it was, we basically, um, so we're not really sharing like yeah, exactly yeah. the name of her condition. Cause I just feel like, you know, that's her medical history. I'd rather her right. decide someday if she like wants to be like the voice for this condition or sure, not. Sure. But, um, but basically she wasn't, um, digesting and then like stopped breathing at home. And we went straight to the ER. Thank God we live next to an amazing hospital in, in New York. And she went into emergency surgery in the middle of like, the night. Like, did you know she wasn't able to, like, were you watching and going, something No, so right I was here. feeding her and she was like, I mean, projectile vomiting. It's way uh, TMI, but like, yeah. not like baby spit up. Like, I knew something was wrong. I have a one-year-old, like, I literally just right. went through this. right. And so I had been telling Christian, like, something's off, something's off. And then, of course, every time you look anything up online, your kid, you're either dying or you have cancer or you're pregnant. That's right. Um, And so we just weren't sure what to believe. We actually took her to the doctor that morning. And the doctor's like, oh, she's fine. Just go home. You know, like, okay. Um, And then that night when she, she couldn't digest, she literally just stopped breathing and was like, would gasp for air and then face was like purple. I mean, it was terrifying to see a newborn because sometimes like, you know, you have issues during the pregnancy and then like during delivery, something happens, like everything was fine. We went home, like they're telling us healthy baby. We went home a day after I had her, like same old, same old that we'd done with our other two. And then we literally get to the hospital. I knew it was bad because they were calling in like, chief surgeon in the middle of the night, people are like coming in their pajamas. I mean, it's never good as a parent when you see people that like their eyes look like they're halfway open. They just got woken up in the middle of the night. But yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, so that night we're literally sitting in this waiting room. We're the only people there. I mean, it's empty. It's like three in the morning and just, I mean, literally laying on the ground, crying out to God, like, playing worship music while I like bawled. I like laid in like a pool of my own tears yeah. for two and a half hours while she's in there. Cause you know, you hand your child to your three day old to this surgeon who you've never met. You still don't even know much about like what's going on, but the surgeon literally told us you have six hours. Like if you guys would have waited six more hours, no. you would have lost her. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. Annie, it was, I mean, you'll figure out what you believe and who you trust in and and all that real quickly in a a situation like that. So yeah. What did you feel like God was saying back to you when that was happening? uh, I mean, gosh, you hear it's so cliche because you hear people that go through struggles talk about this so much, but it's so different when it's yourself. It's like, hey, Sam, you are not in control. 
Like mm. I created you. I created this child. I created the whole earth. Like it can all be gone like that. Yeah. And if you don't wake up, like I just, I felt like I would have never said I was like a controlling person, but I think the reason why I would have said that is because I'd never had anything go so wrong yeah, that I like cared right. who was in control, you know? That's right. You're like, like, everything's going great. I don't care who's in control. It's working. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it seems to be all right. And yeah. that doesn't mean I hadn't had like, you know, bad relationships or like some bad things here and there, but moments like that where you're like, Hey, I don't know how I'm going to function as a human being if what's happening right now happens. And, um, and you know, I, I kind of like, you know, obviously the Bible talks about like working out your salvation with fear and trembling. I never really understood that because I wasn't very fear fearful and I wasn't really trembling ever, you know, like, And, and now like being in those moments where you're like, okay, if this happens, like, because when she was in there, we had no clue. It wasn't like, Hey, this surgery is going to go fine. And we'll see you in two hours. It was like, Hey, we got to take her now. We don't have time to explain everything to you. And so in that, that two and a half hour period of time, I mean, you, you process all that in your head. Like, do I still believe that God is good? if this doctor comes out of that room and says like, I'm sorry, yeah, you know, like, do I still, you know, believe all the things I've been singing since I was a little girl? Do I still, you know, trust the rest of my life and my children's life to the God who I say made them and knows what's best for them? Like, and do I still think it's better for her to not be here with me? I mean, that was a big one for me. I don't know. You know, I've been wrestling with like heaven and hell since I was a little girl, like trying to understand like, okay, what's, what's better about heaven, right? Like, cause I liked my life here. And then I had had those moments where I, I had to almost like just sit in agreement with God, even though there was a part of it, it was one of those, like, I believe help my unbelief situations because I did not want my little girl to be with the God who is best for her and made her, you know, like I wanted her here with me and I had to be honest with myself. Like, do I really believe that heaven is better? And it rocked my world for those two hours, like wrestling with that that thought, not something you think you're going to be processing when your daughter's three days old. But, um, but yeah, I mean, gosh, I'll never forget walking down. The, sorry, this ended up being such a long story, but just Oh my gosh, no, down. I wanted, this is what I wanted to, us to talk about. I think it matters so much. I just, I, I was so, I mean, my eyes were so swollen. I never cried so much in my life. And I told Christian, I just couldn't wait anymore. I mean, it had already been two hours and I just sitting there waiting for a door to open. It was like too much for me to handle. So I was like, hey, I'm just going to walk down the hallway and I get out and I walk and I turn left. And I, I see like I, my knees almost buckled cause I see the surgeon right there. And you know, it's like so much like goes through your mind in that like millisecond because the expression he makes, the first word he says is everything, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and, and <laughs> he literally just said, sorry to make me cry right now. He just said, she made it. And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, <laughs> I'm like hugging this guy. I don't even know. I, yeah. it, and it was just like, man, how quickly, how quickly your world can change. And I think the thing that I took away from it more than anything else, because obviously we are so grateful that she's doing great and is healthy and all that now. But like, 
we were in the NICU for about a week after yeah. that. And every morning, you know, you're still going to see this tiny baby. It's like hooked up to all this stuff. She has a huge incision across her stomach and it was just tough. So I was still like crying every day oh and gosh, we would I'm stop sure. at Starbucks because there was a Starbucks uh, right across the street from the hospital. And I was just, you know, we weren't sleeping. So I'm like, I at least have to have some coffee. Right. And I would sit, <laughs> right. I would sit in this Starbucks and Annie, people would look at me like a crazy, I mean, I looked like just the walking dead. I hadn't slept and I'm just sitting there like almost like emotionless watching people go by and realizing none of these people have any clue. Yeah. Like I'm in the darkest moments of my life and none of these people have any clue. And it was such an awakening moment for me that like, how many people do I pass every day? Like getting a coffee, getting on the subway, just walking down the street and I'm dum de dum, like just taking my kids to school thinking, and there are broken, hurting people just everywhere. And I don't, I don't do a thing about it. I mean, it was so like, there wasn't anybody that was like, are you okay? Like, could I get you something? And I'm not saying they should have been like, poor me. Like I had a great supportive husband that was with me and a great family, but like just kind of flipping it and thinking about like, man, like what if, what if God used this horrific situation to like show me his compassion and, and encourage me to be that to other people? And I would have never said like, oh, I'm not compassionate. Like, of course I would have thought I was those things, but man, the, the, quiet hurting person is so much more on my mind now than it was a month ago. Really? Okay. So what do you do? Like, so what does that make you do differently? Yeah, that's the hard. Okay. So I'll tell you this, my personality just kind of naturally is I've always been, and I use this word kind of loosely, but I've always been kind of a fighter. Like I always wanted to like stick up for the little guy and like, you know, I had my own idea of what justice was. And if somebody like made fun of one of my siblings or like, shoot anybody, like I would just pounce. Like I did not, like I had no problem with confrontation my whole life. I mean, my dad's a basketball coach, but he's also an attorney. And like, I just grew up like being comfortable arguing and confronting people. And so I kind of have this, like what I didn't realize was my own, like, justice system throughout the day. So like in New York City, obviously these things are going to happen all the time. Like, you know, somebody like bumps you a little bit or gets in your way or like says something rude to somebody else. I always felt like I had to like speak up about everything, you know? And I would have thought that was good, you know? Like I'm, well, I'm defending people. I'm protecting people. And, And this whole thing like made me realize like one, no, that's just you doing what you naturally do, which is usually not good. Like our nature in many ways is, is not like if I were speaking up for someone who, you know, couldn't speak up for themselves and it was a challenge for me to do that, it would probably be a good thing. But this was like, you know, riding a bike for me, like, Oh, like I just didn't, uh, I didn't realize that I was really doing it for me, not necessarily for that person. Oh, wow. And what I realize now is some of these people that I may have been like hard on, who knows what they're going through? Like right. I, 
I mean, it just reminded me so much because I listened to your podcast with Bob Goff, who I am just strangely obsessed with. Uh, Isn't he the best? I know. (laughs) The best. But, but, and that concept of everybody always, like I was a somebody sometimes kind of girl. Like if, if you treated other people right, then okay, I'll treat you okay. Or if, if you do the right thing, then I'll stand up for you. But like, that wasn't how Jesus was at all. I mean, gosh, like. He was standing up for the people who were the despised because they were despicable. Yeah. You know, like Sam, that's why I started that interview with him, with Bob being like, you're nice to someone on Twitter that has really hurt me. And you know, yes, it. <laughs> like, yes. I was like, yes. we got to talk about this. Everybody always business because you're everybody always actually hurts me. And what yes. do we do about that? You know? Okay. And I heard you say that. And I was so glad you said that. Cause that's such a like, practical thing. That's how I feel too, is like, wait a second. Like, I mean, shouldn't my enemy be your enemy? Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, and that, that concept of like justice and loyalty. I mean, I thought loyalty was like such, I mean, it was high, maybe the highest on my list of yeah. like, look, if you wrong my friend or my family or whatever, like you are dead to me. (laughs) I would just cut people off. And what I realized is that like, that is not Jesus. Like he doesn't love us because we're lovable and because we do the right things and we're good people, you know, like it doesn't work that way. My justice system is not his justice system. And thank God that that's the case. But I struggled with that. Like if somebody you know, cheats on your, if your uncle cheats on your aunt and then like gets remarried, do you, are you supposed to be like hanging out with his wife? Like what does forgiveness look like? Like, wouldn't that be disloyal to your aunt? Would, you know, there were so many questions I had like that. And I just kept hearing like everybody always like you. Yeah. And that includes like the crazy person on the street or the mean lady on the subway. I mean, this whole experience to me was just such an eye-opening thing. Like people are hurting all around you and you may think that, you know, that would it, whatever your kindness is or your forgiveness is would be like making it okay whatever they did or how they're but like, it's not up to us or it's not up to me, you know, yeah. to like decide who is good and who is That's bad. Right. It, I mean, maybe it sounds like you and I are cut from some of the same cloth because <laughs> it's the same like control thing. Yeah. Like I can control who deserves good response from me. And it's like the Lord's like, yes. no, you don't get to control that either because it's everybody always. And like you are out of control far more than you realize seems to be what he likes to remind me and apparently you. So congratulations. We can just remind yeah. each other like, Hey, hope you're having yes, like the best sure. Thursday. You're not in control. Bye. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Like, and it's it. sad that I like, I had to go through something so drastic. I mean, like I, I don't want to be someone who always has to learn the hard way, but man, it, I mean, and, and the sad thing is Annie, I like, I hate to admit this, this is actually super shameful but like maybe a week or two after it all happened already i started feeling myself like slipping into old habits you know right. of just like not being kind if somebody wasn't kind to me or right. like 
being short with someone because I thought they were rude or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that. Like so quickly we forget, you know? Yeah. And, and that's why, like, I mean, I never related more to Paul's concept of dying daily like that. I have to keep doing this or yeah. I am going to forget. And I am like, this is all going to be wasted. Like I'm, I'm not going to learn from this experience at all. Yeah. We, we have a prayer meeting at our church on Tuesdays and a guy to on this week was praying and he was talking about that verse that is um, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And then the part after it's in revelation, the part after that says, and we were willing to suffer unto death or something like that. There's something about like, it's not just, the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony, it's also that you are willing to suffer that much. And immediately what the Lord was like saying to me is what in your life are you willing to let die in order for me to get glory? And I was like, okay, step, step back, you know, like, but it's that same thing. Like, okay, Lord, I hear you. Like, oh, I have to learn things the hard way. And there are things in me that always want to live that we have to keep crucifying over and over again. If I'm going to be who I want to be and who God's called me to be. And that has been such a theme in my life. And this is something, I mean, I haven't really talked about this that much publicly, but it has been such a struggle for me because I feel like I am a perfect example of like thinking you know what's going to make you happy and and really what you want and then getting it and being like, now what? Like, that's it? That That didn't fix my, I mean, Annie, I can remember vividly. I was in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. This was back in 2011. Yeah. And I was visiting a friend and helping start this uh, ministry that my parents run there. And I had this moment. I had no like uh, communication with people outside of there. I was like in a village on my own with a Zimbabwean friend of mine. And, uh, I had this moment where I kept hearing, I, I mean, I hate saying it like this because I've always struggled with like, how do you know that's God's voice or how yeah. do you know? But I, I kept hearing like, are you okay being a nobody? Like, are you okay? Are you going to be okay? Like I'd already started on like the broadcasting journey. Yeah. And so, so much of my life was about that. And I just kept hearing like, are you okay being no? And, and Annie, the sad thing is like everything in me was like, no, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, you know, like yep. I'm, and I started to get nervous. I mean, literally like a pit in my stomach, like, what does this mean? You know? And yeah. for a kid who grew up in the church, like I did, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be in this village with no running water the rest of my life, aren't I? And it freaked me out. I literally went to town, got an internet connection and booked a ticket home. I was there for a month. I was supposed to be there for like three months. I panicked. Okay. And had this moment and didn't tell anybody. Like, I was just like, Oh, I'm back, you know, whatever. And what I realized was that what I was afraid of, and like, I'm not saying my life like went the wrong direction or whatever. I still got all the things that I thought I wanted, you know, like Mm. a great job, a great husband. I love my kids. We got plenty of money. All this stuff that society says, like, that's what it is to be successful. And it did not fix a thing inside of me. I mean, I, that, that anxiety that like, I'm not enough, that insecurity that actually only grew. And yet I thought I was running from the stuff that was going to bring that out. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to feel terrible about myself if I don't 
you know, if I'm not successful in my career and I, how am I going to find a husband if I live, you know, in this tiny village right. where I don't speak the language that some of these people, you know, like I had all these worries and I feel like God basically said to me at 24 or whatever, like, all right, you think you know what you want? Like you think you know what's going to satisfy your soul? Here, have it. Have yeah. it all and have it now. I mean, we already talked about how quickly all that happened. Like he was basically like, here, here's all of it today. Yeah. Tell me how that goes for you. <laughs> and I was more insecure than I had ever been in my life, more anxious than I'd ever been in my life, more fearful, more a slave to the approval and opinions of other people. And it, it was just, it took a while for me to realize like that's what had happened yeah. is he had basically been like, oh, okay, little girl, you, right. you think you know, right. have at it, have at it. friends interrupt him for just a second to say thanks to our friends and sponsors of this episode Samaritan Ministries at Samaritan Ministries believers in Jesus are committed to sending financial gifts every month directly to an assigned member with a medical need but there's more involved than money or mere physical healing when there's a need and Samaritan members pray for each other and for every aspect of the need and encourage one another by sending notes and cards. Every month, more than 70,000 households give generously to other members with a qualified medical need through Samaritan Ministries. And it's one of the leading healthcare sharing ministries in America. And as a member, I can tell you that I am really enjoying it. It's members like me send checks and prayers and notes of encouragement directly to other members in need. Healthcare sharing is a unique opportunity for us to be hands and feet of Jesus to our neighbors and our friends. The Samaritan Ministries direct sharing model is a biblical approach to paying for healthcare based on Galatians 6.2. So currently, Samaritan members give a monthly share starting at about $100, depending on age and household size. And I love this, that no family is going to pay more than $495 a month, no matter what size your family is. Thousands of Christians are joining the movement that allows them to care for one another with their health care, sharing needs from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies, and organ transplants. Nearly a quarter of a million Christians have chosen a health care option that adheres to their biblical beliefs and brings together believers and community. So you can learn more at SamaritanMinistries.org. Make sure you check them out, SamaritanMinistries.org. Man, a friend of mine and I were just talking about this, this idea of like, everybody thinks if I had this, it would be enough. And then, but then you watch and in every other life, it is not true, but you think in your life, yes. if I had this one yes. thing or these two things, if I had this amount of money in the bank, if I had this amount of humans in my house, if I had this, this everything would be fine or fill in the blank. And it's yes. just never true. <laughs> it's I've, never done, true. I've done every version of that. Let me tell like, I wish I could just shout from the rooftops to especially like younger women who are in this phase of life where it's like, oh, if I only had a husband, oh, if I only had right. kids, oh, if I only had this great job or this big platform or plenty of money, like literally. And I'm, I'm not saying this in an ungrateful way. Like I, I am very grateful for all those good things. They're good things. Like I'm not complaining about my husband or my kids or my job. Sure. Like they're all amazing and beyond what my expectations were, but they do not get me to sleep well at night. And I wish I would have understood that. Like they do not provide rest to my soul. Like they, they add to my joy and, and there are a lot of good things that come from all of those different things. But like, it's just, not enough. And in those moments, like I was in with price when I'm like 
fearing I'm, I'm going to lose this baby and everything. It's not like I was like, well, I got a great job. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, at least I've got a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, no, no, no. Oh, I, you know, like being having any sort of notoriety didn't help anything in those moments. And honestly, as much as it was great to have the support of my husband, and we like for sure leaned on each other in those times. Like those are lonely times. Yeah. Like those are times when you figure out, like, does my soul really rest in God alone? Right. And I can honestly say, like, coming out, like maybe that first hour of like waiting to hear results, like while she was in surgery, I don't know that I could say like, I was such a mess, but what I am so grateful that I can say now is like, he did provide real comfort. Like none of those other things, like not the husband, not the kids, not the job, none of like in that, that those moments, like while I was waiting, like the real comfort came from knowing that I have a God who's looking out for me and my daughter and knows what's best for all of us. Like, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you is how do you find rest? What does it look like with you and with your schedule and three kids and football season starting? How do you find rest and how do you connect with God yourself? Yeah. I had to give up on, uh, just sleeping in. Yeah. (laughs) Like that, that was one really practical thing. Um, was just waking up early while there's still like some calm in the air and learning to say no to a lot of stuff. I think whether you have kids or not, like we're in this generation where like the more you do, the more you can post on social and the more you feel like you're successful and your kids are doing all these activities. And I just decided like, no, we're not going to do a bunch of stuff. Uh Like uh we're not going to do all the teams. We're not going to do all the instruments. We're not going to do, I'm not going to do all the mom's groups and all the exercise classes. Like I will, you know, do some squats right before bed. Like that, that will be like, I'm just not going to do it all. I'm so sick of this generation specific, specifically of women being told that having it all is a good thing. No, having it all is freaking exhausting. Exhausting. Like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> like you can I when people ask me that like what's it like to have it all I'm like I hope I never know yeah like, that's that right is, <laughs> please tell me you want to ask other people because I don't like, know yes just it's too much what are we doing and then you die like I hate to yep. be morbid but like we acquire all these things we do all the things we go all the places and have all the stuff and then like and then what it just ends yes. yeah like that that whole concept of asking yourself, then what has been so powerful for me. My dad said it to me since I was a little girl and like, okay, so you get the husband, so you get the job, like, then what, like, do you really think that's enough? It's never enough. It's always a little bit more, you know? So for me, rest right now is I made three decisions this year that have been really powerful for me. And they're super simple. One is that I wake up earlier the second is I drink a crap ton of water. Yeah. Like I literally just drink water all day long. And it sounds like it's a little thing, but I swear it's changed the way I feel. It's changed really? the way it's like fueling my body. It's so weird. Maybe okay. I was just like so unhealthy before that my body's like, thank you for water. Right. But um, <laughs> that, that's been huge for me. And then the last one is I literally got rid of 75% of my stuff. Like just really, you just simplified. Yes. And it has, I mean, now like a huge part of it for me, is just like taking away more decisions, especially insignificant decisions, you know, like 
And, and I felt like for a while I was like all into like the home edit, let's just organize everything, you know? But the problem was not that I wasn't organized enough. It had too much stuff. Yeah. Like it was just, it was all organized, but it took up every closet, every corner. every Yeah. I had all the bins and all the color coding (laughs) of everything. And my mind was still mush. Yeah. It was just too much. And that has helped a ton. Like I wake up, I I wear the same things. Yes. I wear the same things over and over and I couldn't care less. Like I wear the things I really like and I buy like the best things that I want because I only have like a few things, Yeah, you know? So I just, that quality over quantity thing has been super helpful for me. And it's really allowed me to be like more present with my kids more focused on stuff, like just not worrying about all of the stuff. Man, it just feels like in a, in a world where I'm hearing more than usual, we should, women should hustle and go and do. And then I keep feeling this, like, I want to say no more. <laughs> I want to yeah. say more no's. Oh, I want yeah. it to be quieter, not louder, you yes. know, where it's like, follow more people on the internet and, and learn more and read more and do more. And I want to be like, can I like, be quiet for a minute. <laughs> okay. Tell me if you're like this. Cause sometimes I feel crazy. Like just scrolling through Instagram alone, like watching, just letting like Insta stories play yeah. for five minutes. I can change my mind about like, okay, one second, I want to be a stay at home mom. Then uh, I want to be yep. in like a business suit on wall street. Then yep. I want to be vacationing at Bora Bora. And then I'm like, no, I should be roughing it in Africa. Like yes. literally I feel like a crazy person because I'm constantly thinking of all the other things there are to do. And I'm like, I got to quit with this. Like we can do it all. Like, no, I don't want to do it all. And (laughs) you know what I also tell myself? Cause I do have, do do you speak Enneagram? Do you know your Enneagram number? Okay. I literally, this is really sad. I bought a book yesterday at Barnes and Noble about it just because I've listened (laughs) to you so much talk about it. I'm like, holy crap. I got to figure out this Enneagram stuff. So no, as of right now, I don't. We'll just keep, you and I will keep talking about it. We'll help you get there. But part of me being a seven is that I want all the things all the time. And literally a thing I have to say to myself is you can't live all the lives here, but when you get to heaven, you will be able to do whatever you want. So just do the best with your limited time now. And when you get to heaven, you'll have all the access to all the places and all the time. Yes. (laughs) And that is silly as that is, it really helps my brain to go, Okay, if Reba McIntyre and I don't become best friends here on earth, I've got heaven. I've got eternity. I can be friends with no, Reba. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because sometimes I do feel like, especially when you work in TV, it's like you're so pressured or really have any sort of public following. You're so pressured to like define yourself, right? right. Like, so I'm the, like when I first started in broadcasting, it was like, you're the girl next door who's the coach's son. But oh, then yeah. like, I grew up in an inner city environment and was like the minority in my high school. So I felt more like drawn to some different things in my career that they wouldn't have placed me in being like, oh, you're the little white blonde girl. Let's put her in this position. Yeah, and then yeah, sometimes yeah. I, people are like, oh, you're the you're the Christian girl. You're the uber spiritual girl. But then I would be like, oh, but I want to like have these type of conversations and be around these like everyone's trying to like determine who you were. And I started to feel like, okay, I think I have a problem here. Cause I want to be all of these things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I want to be the country girl that like, you know, is at college game day, like yeah. just wanting to hang out with the crowd, but I also want to be super professional. Right, be, right. Like I just felt like I couldn't like figure out my place because I so desired to be 
everything. And social media only reminds you of how many things there are to be. Yes. And so you end up just being like really none of them, just a hot mess. Yep, that's <laughs> but, exactly right. <laughs> But it's, it can be overwhelming. That's right. Yeah, it's just, it's so much. I'm glad to hear. That makes me feel better that you feel that too because <laughs> you have a lot more people that listen to you and watch you and pay attention to you and more people you get to watch and pay attention to as well. So I'm glad that you have to like wrestle that down too. For sure. And then people, of course, are always like, so who are you? And I'm like, oh gosh, I am, I am, I am everything. Yeah, okay, that's right. I am. Yeah, that's right. I am everything you I'm see. Like, who, who do you, you want don't. me to be? Yeah, that's exactly right. Because oh, I can be that. I love it. I can't wait to see your Instagram number. We're just, I, mean, I have guesses, but you can't do that to people. Okay, but wait, we're no, gonna talk tell me your guess because I mean, now you I sound like, like me. I mean, you sound like a seven. <laughs> Except I think you have some really strong. You're such a strong leader, and get yourself in like leadership spots, like at game day and at the NFL that I'm just like, ah, you may have some eight in you, I think seven, eight stuff. So either you're a eight who leans on your seven wing or you're a seven who leans on your eight wing. Which book did you get at the bookstore? Um, I got the road back to you. Perfect. That's exactly the one you want. Oh, the road back to you. Good. That one's brilliant. That's what I would have sent you. So that's, that's a okay, thousand good. percent right. Well, now I feel like I need to like read it in a night because I need to know if any of the things you're suggesting I might be or are good or bad, or if I need to be all the other okay, things. So the great part <laughs> is at the beginning of every chapter, Ian and Suzanne did like a one page with bullet points that kind of talk about that particular person. Okay. And so if I was you, I would read the intro just to get some, the understanding of the whole system and then kind of go through and read the first page of every chapter and just see which ones stand out to you and feel like a pain. Okay. <laughs> see, my fear is because I like overanalyze everything. My fear is that I'm going to like basically choose who I want to be, not who I actually am. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that one sounds good. I think I'll be that one. You're like that person seems successful. Probably that's yeah, me. Yes, that yes, person has it all sure. together. Um, sure. Okay. So this episode comes out the same day my Atlanta Falcons kick off the NFL season. Oh, wow. So can we talk about football for a minute? Yes, we because can. Always. That's your life. Um, well, it's not your life. It's your job. Uh, it kind of feels like it sometimes. Right, 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 right. I know. I just, I wanted to redefine that for you. I didn't want to put that <laughs> on you, that football is your life. First of all, do you have hopes for the Falcons doing well again this season? Shoot. I recently, I mean, as long as Matt Ryan has so many weapons and has, so, I mean, first of all, I love Matt and Sarah Ryan. So I, I am love like, Sarah Ryan. I know. They are. I should get her on the, the show. Best. Yes, you should. For sure. She's amazing and hilarious. Yeah. Um, but he was a guest picker on game day when we were at Atlanta. Uh, I guess it was for SEC championship sure. a few years ago. And they are just the best. But um, now that he's a dad of twins, I have this theory that when quarterbacks become dads, they get better. And there is okay. really no research to back this up, <laughs> except for my own personal experience with friends of mine. Um because you kind of get in this weird little quarterback world where all the wives are friends and everybody kind of has kids at the same time. And it's like, uh, I don't, it's kind of a, a weird deal, but I have, I just have, I feel like it relaxes you at work and puts you more in like, I'm good when I go home because this stuff doesn't define me. Okay. I know this sounds strange, but um, anyway, I think it's going to be a good year for Matt Ryan. I feel, okay. I feel good about your Falcons this year. Oh, I'm thrilled to hear that because you know, my Georgia Bulldogs, both the Falcons and the dogs took me all the way to the last game. 
and then broke my heart. Is it worse to is it worse to get there and lose? I've never experienced that as a fan. I can't decide. <laughs> it's not great. To be fair, it's not great. I was really glad last Saturday when the when college football started up again because the first two hours of coverage were people talking about Georgia and Alabama. Yes. Of and course. I was like, I need that to be a memory. Like yes. I need that to just be gone. Yes. So losing is, t- and in both situations, it was terrible losses. The Falcons losing to Tom Brady the way they did. Yes. And then Georgia I mean, losing. The oh. worst either in, in overtime or just like this, having a lead like that. I mean, both terrible. your scenarios were about as bad as it yeah, ever gets. Pretty much, yeah. And and so bad that people like bring it up forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You got it. <laughs> you got it. That's how it feels. Oh, so sorry about that. I would love for either of them to win at this yes. point. I just would love for either. Or yeah, I mean, I think it's really fun to make it make it was it's been really fun both times to make it all the way, just because a thing about football, Sam, that you are probably experiencing every day is one thing about our culture, particularly maybe Southern culture, but I think people around the country experience this too, is it is not just about the game. It's about memories with my dad and totally. memories with our family and Deion Sanders. And like oh, having, wait, like, hold on. I mean, I just wait, loved him. I don't know just, him. You can't, no, no, no. Okay, I was going to say, if you him. have a Deion know, story, I need to I hear do it. have a Deion story. Listen to this. He's the oh, first gosh. person I ever prayed for that got saved. Stop it. I prayed Stop. all through <laughs> elementary school because all I understood was that when someone became a Christian, they went to heaven and I didn't want to go to you heaven without Deion Sanders. I did it. I remember it super oh clearly gosh. being like, I've got to pray for this guy because I want him to be in heaven with me. <laughs> and then TD Jakes led him to the Lord. So we would have been like best friends when we were little. If that is how you were yes. as a child, I swear. Do you remember there was a basketball? I don't know if you follow basketball uh-huh. at all, but there was a guy in the NBA for a long time. He played for the Lakers and the Suns named AC Green. And he yes. had these like abstinence videos. <laughs> I don't remember was, those, but that's amazing. He was like an, a really outspoken believer, but he made these like videos and I think it was called It Ain't Worth It. And yes. I- We're going to find I these. Thought, They've got to be on YouTube. Oh my gosh. I thought like he was the most, ama- I mean, growing up in the environment I grew up in, like, yes, he was a part of my prayers. I wanted him to find a wife because he wasn't married. Yes, yes. <laughs> He's a total stranger. Like, Have you met him now as an adult? Yes, which is super awkward when that kind of stuff happens because yeah. like when you're when you're regular people, like my whole life, like I didn't know anybody on TV. Yep. We had no connection to anything. And then all of a sudden you're on TV and you're doing this cool job. And then people expect you to like act like one of those people right, who right. who doesn't like freak out when they see like I genuinely got more excited to meet AC Green <laughs> than like these crazy famous people that come on the show. So yes, I I am all in, and I'm so glad that you got Dion saved. Listen, thank you, well, you're welcome. You're welcome, everyone. I do not know what'll happen when I. I've never met him before, but I I hope it'll happen at some point. I he's probably one of the people I can't act normal, or I mean, I will, but I on my insides I'll be exploding. Because he's like Deion Sanders, yes. right? You know him, don't you? I'm sure you Well, know. he's a Florida State guy. So oh, I sure. feel like there should be 
a connection that we could make happening. I'm not making any okay, promises just, right now. Let's just, just think saying. about it. Let's just think about it. Okay. <laughs> just um, okay. So tell me, here's one of the fun things is that when a new friend comes on the show, like you, that, that our audience, most of them know who you are, but now you're like our favorite news sportscaster in the world. You're like that. That sounds fun. Favorite sportscaster. What? Okay, but I'm the only one, so that's really not that much of a compliment. Well, that's because you're the only one I've invited on, to be fair. To be fair. Okay, perfect. I haven't called Herbie. I don't even need Kirk Herbstreet. I just need you. Forget Herbie. So, yeah, forget him. He lives in this town, and I haven't called him yet. So, it's you. Oh, Um, yeah. Okay. So, here is what I would love for you to tell us is what this football season, when you're stepping into this, like, incredibly cool role – and as a female and as a female who loves Jesus, what can we pray for you? Like when people see your face on TV and like, what do you want people to pray for you for this season? Oh man, how much time do you have? And all the time they're on their treadmills, they're in their kitchens, they're in traffic. They're so happy. Oh man. Last year was a huge learning experience for me because it was like stepping out of my comfort zone, right? Like I'd gotten so comfortable and familiar with all the college. And that was your first season with them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm with these NFL guys that I don't know in a studio in Connecticut and like just feeling the pressure of like when you host a show, if you don't do a good job, like that ruins things for everybody. And that's not just like the guys on air. That's the guy doing sound. And the security person there, like, it's just, it's a lot. So, um, one, I think is just like clarity of mind, like to not let worry or anxiety or all those things that start to creep in. Um, if you give them any room, uh, to, to let that affect just the way that I interact with people on the show, like the joy I'm able to have while I'm doing it. Cause I'm not a good faker. Like if yeah. I'm having a tough time, like you can tell on yeah, camera, yeah. um, cause I'm not good at that. But, um, and then also like, I just want to be more present. Like I've spent the last seven, eight years of my career just like running on fumes, getting to the next game, getting to the next thing Mm -hmm, instead mm -hmm. of like, all right, let's just be here now and figure out like whether it's relationships that need to be developed more people I need to do a better job of listening to like just being all there while I'm up there Um, and not thinking about kids at home and all the other stuff that's going on. Like just being able to be like fully present, I think would make a huge difference. Okay. We can do that. I will happily pray that. I think, I mean, I, I love watching, I mean, I've watched you for years because of college game day, but I just, even before I knew you were a believer, you carried that. Like I would watch you and I go, ah, bet. And it, it would be isn't a conversation. Isn't you can tell? Yeah. Like, isn't that so, there will be people, there was a lady at the grocery store the other day where I, like, we interacted with her for a second and she turned around and I already like felt it. She turned around and she literally had a hat that said, I love, I heart Jesus. And I, was like, <laughs> I, could tell. I knew it before I even saw your That's hat. right. That's right. I love it. Well, I have always felt that about you as well. And being your internet friend has just made me respect you so much and be like, man, I'm glad Sam and I are on the same team. I just think the world of you. So I'm, I'm really grateful that you would do the show with us today and just kind of let people that are here kind of meet you in a different way. I kind of, I totally love that. Well, I feel the same way about you. I also feel like I've gotten to go to like China and Scotland with you. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Without the jet lag. Congratulations. Yes. No, I'm telling you for a mom of like three little children, 
watching people just pick up and travel like easily is amazing. (laughs) I'm super grateful. I am. I am really grateful. I recognize. I totally recognize. Okay. So the last question we always ask is because it's called that sounds fun. What sounds fun to you? Like, what do you do for fun? I, well, uh, see, those are, those are two different questions. Oh, okay. Like what sounds fun and what I actually do. Okay. Okay. So do answer both. <laughs> then answer both. Probably two. Okay. What sounds fun right now is I would love, I traveled a lot before I met Christian, before I had kids. So I would love, I have a brother who got married and has a brand new baby. He lives in uh, Bogota, Colombia, and I haven't been down to visit him yet or meet this precious baby. So I would love to either just me or me and Christian with no children fly down to Bogota and see the country and see our uh, niece. But in terms of like what I actually do that's fun on a daily basis, we're way late to like the greatest showman thing. I don't know if that's a thing in your world. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Are y'all just getting into it? Oh my gosh. My daughter saw it for the first time like a few weeks ago and we played this soundtrack. I'm telling you, it might be the most hilarious thing. Like we dance so ridiculously. (laughs) So like serious face and all. She goes (laughs) all in like it's it's so good I almost don't want to share it with people just so I have something to enjoy all on my own yeah that's right (laughs) so that is like in the afternoons like when the witching hour comes we put that on and we like rip through the whole soundtrack and just make fools of ourselves and it is very. I mean the witching hour is such a real thing isn't it with little kids like that like 4 30 to 6 window is crazy people I'm telling you I found my only solution and this is like for all the moms or babysitters or anybody out there who has this problem I just blare music yeah, you just have to. I, I'm like, forget all the screaming and the whining. I can't hear you because the music is so right, loud. Right. It, it made it way more manageable. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I'll just put that in my back pocket and I'll, I should use it on myself more for all my bad attitude days. For just sure. Crank I do up. that too. Yeah, yeah. Greatest showman. Oh, thanks so much for being on the show, Sam. I'm so grateful. The, Annie, you're so awesome. And you've been a huge encouragement to me, like just getting to fall follow along with you from a distance and then listen to the people that you've interviewed. I've just gotten so much from it. Keep doing you. I love having little girls that can listen to you and grow up and try and be like somebody like Annie up there. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll do our best. (laughs) Oh, y'all, isn't she just the coolest? I just think the world of her. I totally think the world of her. And so I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Samantha Ponder. Make sure you follow her on Instagram, Twitter. I'm telling you, Instagram, her stories are like literally top five that I watch. I do not miss her stories. They are so funny and so great. And I just love how she is living her faith life wide open and doing a really cool job and raising a family and just balancing a lot of things. I'm super impressed with her. So make sure you follow her. Thank her for being on the show and make sure you check her out Sunday morning on Sunday NFL countdown. You are going to just adore her. And if you're a female who watches football, I guess we're supposed to tell people that. I don't know. Tell ESPN. Tell the NFL. I don't know. We're females who watch football because we like it. So yay for football. Hey, as always, if you need anything from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs. F as in Falcons. Let's go, Falcons. Rise up. Annie F. Downs across the internet, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. 
that you would want to find me. I am there. And again, my website, AnnieFDowns.com. Go and order. Remember God today, copy for you, a copy for some friends, and then make sure you submit that receipt on AnnieFDowns.com so that you can get the audiobook for free. Go ahead and download that. Again, they'll give it to you like the next business day or so. You'll get an email so you can start listening to the book before anybody else even has access to the paper book. So I hope you are having a great week. Thanks for coming back around to the podcast. Hey, if this is your first time listening, welcome. We're super glad you're here and we hope you will join us. If you love talking about sports, we have a couple of other episodes you should check out. Dansby Swanson, one of my favorite, uh, my very favorite Atlanta Braves player, has an episode a few months back before the season kicked off that is one of y'all's favorites after Absolutely one of my favorites too. So we got a couple of baseball players back in the archives so you can find those. Hey, and if you want to help out the podcast at all, sharing it with your friends is the best way because the more friends we have here, the better. And leave a review, rate it and review it, and that would be great. So I hope you guys have a great weekend. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you. I am going to go walk at Radnor Lake now. That's my next stop, but that is what sounds fun to me. So I hope you do something that sounds fun to you, and we will see you next week. Go Falcons. Go Falcons.